the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Good day, good day, and welcome in Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We've gotten through half of the year 2020, so we're moving into the back half of the year. Seeing that the calendar is now month of 7 July. First half was very, very good if you're a large cap, mega cap kind of company. There was a lot of drama. First and foremost, we started the year 2020 with a roll on Wall Street. Kind of like a nice, soft, sourdough dinner roll that started to get a little bit stale. We had been expanding as an economy. We'd been expanding as a stock market. We were 10 years old. Happy birthday, 10-year-old bull market. Market goes up. That's a bull. It's a bullish thing. Bear market, it kind of roars and hides in its den for the winter. That's a bear market. We started the year that good. And then COVID kind of crept into China. We're like, look at those, those, those people from China who are not as good as Americans, who don't have the Western culture that we do, and they're eating disgusting bat. Oh, they got COVID and they got what they deserved. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Let's just hope they keep it in their country. Oh, my gosh, they didn't keep it in their country. Oh, no, it's not funny anymore. Um, and then all heck hit the handbasket in, in March. School systems across the United States, let's take your kids home and love them and be and, and be safe. And then uh, maybe 10 people die or maybe 100 people. Maybe it's just a glorified flu. And then like, nope. It's been a kind of a roller coaster of, of news that has been a little bit, how shall we say, uh, 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 virginal territory. We've never had to deal with how does the stock market react to a pandemic breakout in the United States? Unless you were alive, like back in the early 1900s, you're like, you don't have a lot of experience with pandemics. You maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe you work in the food industry and you've seen swine flus and Ebola's. If you're in the healthcare field, um, you've probably seen some pretty horrible stuff, but our Federal Reserve did what they had to do. It, like if there was a movie, The Right Stuff, where you saw the pilots walking through the walkway, like in slow-mo and steam is coming out of the vents. And they're putting on their astronaut helmets. They're like, those men are going to the moon. They're going to do what they're going to do to beat Russia. Same thing with the Federal Reserve did what they had to do. They lowered interest rates. And they said they're going to stay lower longer. Then the government spent $3 trillion of our money, which is kind of interesting. They were printing the money. 
We didn't actually earn that as a nation. We just turned on the printing presses. Some people would call that Robin Hood, <laughs> having the rich print the money for the rich. So it's not quite Robin Hood because he's not quite giving it the poor. But you get the idea. Let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. One of the big hangover effects of everything that's going on in the stock market right now is it's it's being inspired by the Federal Reserve and they've lowered interest rates. And you're dealing, Tony, with the lowest interest rates ever. You're dealing with the lowest mortgage interest rates ever. You, you That's got to be like gold and diamonds in your hand. Like, that's precious material stuff, right? Yeah, it's um, it's hard to resist. You know, it it, it feels like uh, I mean, my, I always bring up my dad all the time. He said, "I can't believe I keep lowering my interest rate from back in the '80s when it was in fourteen percent range um, down to three percent." And I think a lot of people are just wondering how do how do I get it? Um, unfortunately, the not everybody's able to get it. And I think there's there with these low rates, and you were talking about how the Federal Reserve is printing money for the rich. This is yeah. a story of the haves and have-nots, um, which not a lot of people are really talking about. So I have a question that came in via email, and people can listen to you and talk to you, and your show is on weekly here on AM 1220, KDOW 1220, the power of KDOW. Um, your show is on Thursday evening, 6 to 7. Um, but I got an email that I don't really like answering some emails that are in kind of over my head, but this one comes from Brent. He says, my mother recently home from the hospital and doing quite well, owns a home in rural Virginia. I'm talking, she's in Blacksburg, Virginia, Virginia tech. It's in the mountains. It's, it's, it's pretty sticks. Uh, what are the options for relieving the financial burden on her would be for me to simply assume her loan. She would not have to worry about the mortgage and such. I can afford the payments by reallocating part of my 403B deduction. So he's going to stop saving for his retirement in a tax efficient manner to help her with her mortgage. And she's probably not getting deductions. So this brings in like can of worms big time. But then he goes, there's about 85K left to pay on a home valued at 125000 Her first question is what happens to the equity? Um, he doesn't really know and it gets kind of sticky when a kid bails out a parent financially if there's not a contract feelings get hurt what's your idea on assuming someone else's loan Tony what, what do you hear in your industry because people could find you at barryloansource.com and I know you talked to your partner about it um, what are you well, seeing um, first you have to find out if it's assumable not all okay. loans are assumable FHA, VA, USDA are usually assumable so you have to check that first. Conventional loans are usually not assumable uh, unless it, it's an arm, and, um, and sometimes they are. You just have to go and, and find the clause, the assumable clause in the paperwork and see if you can do that. Second, uh, you, can, you have to qualify. Uh, just like any other loan, you just can't say, I want to change the name on the loan. Um, and then there's the titling issue. You can't get a loan unless you're on the title and then you can't get a loan unless you've been on title. So this is probably looking like a purchase and you pay transfer tax and things like that. So it can be done, but that's the formal way. The informal way is to just make the payments for your mom, but you're not going to get the deductions. Your mom's going to get all the benefits. She's still on title, but you could just add yourself to title. So if this is a more of a title issue, like is this a house you're going to inherit? If he wants to go the formal way, can he just um, so he can get the interest deductions and it's probably a rental in, on his books. Um, he might lose money out of his 403B, but he might gain that back with the loss that he'll get from the rental um, by lowering his um, 
his taxable income. So this is one of those like CPA questions, like, does it make sense for me to be on title? Um, but I mean, this, you have to look at the whole portfolio to see what makes sense. And what's, what's best for mom is also the thing. She's asking about equity. The equity is going to be there, but whose is it going to be? Are you going to go in tenants in common with your mom? Or are you just going to take her off title completely? So there's a lot of questions to be answered. It's not as simple as it sounds by just saying, can I assume the loan? Sounds good. People can follow up with you about 30-year mortgages and 15-year mortgages and adjustable rate mortgages and FHA. This is the stuff that I don't like to do, the details of all the products that are out there. Um, you know, bringing up a question on paying off someone's mortgage who happens to be your mother brings up another question to me of like, what's next and who does the money go to? You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I thought that was an interesting question to bring up because it ties into the mortgage market. It ties into our childhood. It ties into the mom didn't have a great financial plan. And I'm not knocking Brent or his mother but when you're in that position, it means something didn't go right because when she was younger, her and her husband probably said, we'll pay for this house and our kids will never have to take care of us and we'll live here until we are 90 years old and die. And then 60 and 70 ahead and the husband might have passed away. The mom might be a little disabled and she may have higher income needs because she needs a nurse to visit. And they never got the house paid for because the kids had to go to college. He lost his job. He had a heart attack. He died. Like there's a lot of stuff. But the bottom line is, is maybe a term life policy on the husband would have paid off that mortgage. Um, maybe a little bit more estate planning, maybe look back. At, and again, this sucks because you're criticizing a little old lady who happens to be someone's mom. She she pushed life out of her body. Like that's if there's nothing more goddess like in the world than that. Holy mackerel. How do you criticize a goddess? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. You can find Tony at bayarealoansource.com. Big webinar coming up less than a week from today. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Listen to the commercials for a little bit more detail. Love to see you, especially if you've never been to one of those. Find it online at newfocusfinancial.com. Seen your wings when they're working, when they're open, when they take you out, what they bring back home, man. I seen this place when it's full of all the light that comes in between the moments. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black, your money on Rob I am very much so looking forward to the rest of the year, especially as we start filtering out the election. <clears throat> I'm at the point where at four or five o'clock in the afternoon, I'd rather watch horse racing than to watch the news. And that's not good. But you have to manage your stress levels so that you don't let it get to you. So you make a bad decision in investing or in your retirement plans. I'm very, very proud of the fact that we got through a 40% correction in 2020. You and me did it. You and I, we did it. The two of us, just the two of us. We can make, you know. Um, and again, it, you're not going to get a stupid t-shirt that says, I survived the 2020 market crash. Uh, hopefully you learned a lesson or two. I hope you've learned that if the Fed is your friend, you don't fight the Fed. Because trust me, it was looking grim there for the stock market and the economy. And maybe it still is. Maybe we're just living in denial. 
if two MLS teams tried to open up in the middle of July and they had to shut down because no one had COVID and suddenly nine players had COVID, I don't know how we go back to school. I don't know how we go back to work. I don't know. Like um, at the start of the week, there's talking about COVID maybe in the air conditioners. And I'm like, well, I should invest in an air conditioning company or a filtering company like a Honeywell or a 3M because – this may stick around longer and we may have to retrograde and retrofit everything. It's, it's funny how we do that in back words, kind of, uh, action. Um, California gets a big old earthquake 30 years ago, 1989 and everything shakes and everyone freaks out and they move back to the East coast. Real estate values go down a couple houses and a bridge fell apart and people died and fires and gas leaks and the state goes, you know what? We should retrofit our gas lines into homes. You know what? We should retrofit. And there's some countries that they want to ban gas lines into your home. Go all electric because electric, in theory, is more renewable than natural gas. So get used to cooking on electric stovetops. But anyway, I'm digressing. Uh, you made it through 2020 or you're halfway through. And sing a little Bon Jovi song to yourself today. Whoa, 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 I'm halfway there. And again, maybe we're not. Maybe we it gets airborne and the next thing we know, it, it attacks the brain. Which, for the record yesterday, if you're paying attention to the news, COVID might also be doing brain damage that is triggered in people 10 years after the fact of we look back and we go, 10 years ago, we had COVID and we thought it was a lung disease. We learned that it was eating children's brains and turning them into zombies when they turn 21. And then, boom, everyone turns 21 and the world turns into a zombie. Like, we don't know. And I know there's some of you who believe that. Interesting little side note here. Epic Games got a $250 million cash infusion from Sony for Fortnite. Not for Fortnite, for Epic Games, but Fortnite's owned by epic games and sony makes the playstation four three two one five and you gotta wonder 250 million dollars are they trying to buy some sort of exclusivity are they trying to pull off of microsoft where they buy gears of war and go oh yeah by the way we're not gonna let that out on the sony playstation it's ours it's ours it's all ours um Probably not for $250 million. You're talking about that would take a much bigger investment to make it exclusive. But so far, a company that makes a video game where you run around with a pickaxe and you, you mine, I don't know, rocks and metal and wood. And that goes back to the three little pigs. What do you build a house out of? Wood, not a good idea. It burns. Rocks, a little bit better. But the best one is the old bricks, right? Um. So the, the video game has that in it, and it's a video game. And my dad, rest in peace, you, you mean mother person. Um, he was a mean guy, but he would be rolling in his grave right now like, oh, how did this ever happen? Video games are worth billions. He hated that. He hated technology. He hated computers. Like He didn't really hate computers because he signed a big deal with EDS and a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny millionaire named Ross Perot who by getting a contract to bring computers in the army made him into a billionaire. But it's funny that we're now talking about video games. And during COVID I've paid for more video games than I've paid for in five years. I've played more video games than I've played with in 10 years. So, but it's a legit business when Sony's throwing around 
$250 million, then they've already got a $1.5 billion market cap. They're not getting this money because we expect them to like lose it all in the, you know, betting on horses. Uh, I think horse number seven's coming in. Uh, horse number seven's got a hunch. And I'm talking like on his back, not like a hunch to win. And he's, he's missing, a, missing a leg. Don't know. So video games are legit. They've grown up. Apple did something fantastic. They have a uh, development a deal being signed right now for augmented reality on lenses. So guess what Apple's going to be coming out with in the next five years? Some sort of lens that we're wearing on our head. Uh, I'm not talking contact lenses. I'm talking something to work with, with virtual reality or augmented reality. So that's slowly going to happen. Like 2023, 2022, we'll start seeing like mock-ups of it. And maybe you'll see one person wearing it and you'll go like, good God, that looks like he just put a big uh, bowl of spaghetti strainer on his head. And the second one will be better. But they've signed a deal to get the lenses made. And again, that's one of the beautiful things about China is China tells no secrets. There was an incredibly racist commercial in the 1970s, 1980s of a guy has ring around the collar and Procter and Gamble or whoever makes whisk is trying to sell a product that we've never, ever heard of before. We've heard of, of powdered laundry detergent. And then we're like, Oh my gosh, there's liquid laundry detergent. It's even smoother and creamier than powder. And then they come up with whisk to get the ring around the collar out. And the guy's like, Hey, I got a ring around the collar. And the Chinese uh, laundry person is like, no more ring around the collar, ancient Chinese secret. Like, China keeps no secrets when it comes to they get deals to manufacture semiconductors and we'll see a picture of it online. They get deals to manufacture a phone and we'll see pictures of it online. Someone will snap a photo. So now we actually get a contract that Apple is getting into production of needing lenses that you can project a computer screen onto or something like that. Pair of glasses. It's all about future product. It's not all about future product. Anyway, I own shares of Apple. It's on a broker rise for you can actually never on any stocks mentioned on the air. Coming up, CFP, Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Big webinar coming up next week. Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So one of the big events, and I'm waiting for CFP Chad Burton to call in. And my producer's going to let me know, and he's on the line. One of my um, big stories this week, and I think this is a big story, and it's kind of a nerdy story, but it's kind of a story that I kind of want to like, acknowledge one more time. NVIDIA has a bigger market cap now than Intel. And when I was a young man, I, was, I would have thought there's no way that is ever going to happen. Intel was in everything. And they, they beat Cyrix and they beat AMD. They were just a better product or maybe they were a better marketing product. Maybe their threading technology wasn't as fast as AMD. Maybe their costs weren't as efficient. Um I think you get the idea where I'm trying to go at here is that Intel was this monolith company that I thought should rule the world. 
And then you started comparing them with Microsoft. And Microsoft should rule the world because one of them is hardware, the king of the hardware. One of them is software. And, you know, Microsoft ran into competition from uh, companies that were giving away stuff for free, particularly in, in, in my mind, Google's Chrome. And then Google's Office was the serious one. But there was always competitors to Microsoft like Novell, DOS, that eh, made people some money but didn't hold out over time. So Intel passing the torch to uh, NVIDIA, that's a stunner for me. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton, speaking of stunners. Uh, big comeback finish for you with the stock market recently. Who saw that coming here? The Patrick Mahomes of CFPs. Mr. Burton, uh, we were talking yesterday about the 4% rule, which is some sort of rule tied towards you have a big pot of money. You can take 4% out of a year till the day you die, and the rest of it will well, – no, what is it with a 4% rule? Help me here. Well, yeah, the 4% rule was that rule in the 90s that was kind of created where – if people took the idea of modern portfolio theory where you take a balanced portfolio and if at age 65 you're able to survive, live comfortably off drawing 4%. So if you had a million bucks, that would be 40 grand a year. So if you were comfortable with your 40 grand a year from your portfolio plus whatever Social Security or pension you might have, if that was enough money, that should last through retirement, through you know, 30, 35 years of retirement, and each year you should be able to draw a little bit more out to keep up with inflation. Okay. That was the 4% rule. So people used to say, well, if you, can, yeah. if, if, you, know, if you have to draw five, you're going to run out of money too early, so don't retire yet. And again, right now when we look at bonds, and the other name mm-hmm. for bonds is fixed income, they're paying about a quarter of what they paid back then in terms of interest on bonds and and of course bank accounts are much much less because it's all been about fed intervention stimulation um you know continued fed actions that have continually pushed down interest rates and now because where we are globally in currency issues we're not seeing a point where interest rates are going to rise rapidly anytime soon so that four percent rule has become more like the three three and a half percent rule if you want some safety Interesting. Now, again, this is exactly what I was talking about early on in the show. This is one million equals four hundred uh, forty thousand in income. So weird that we're thinking alike, Chad. <laughs> weird that we're thinking alike. What are some other important decisions on making retirement funds last? Because it's easy to spend. It's it's tougher to save. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's what you do with Social Security is pretty important. Okay. Um, if you're when about you to, to retire, and maybe you're lucky enough to retire early, 62. You could get about a 70% increase in payments in some cases by waiting to your age 70. There's, you know, it, there's a lot less tricks now with Social Security because they keep taking away the tricks from us. Um, but it's important to figure out if there's anything you can do for, when you, if you both worked, if there's an age difference, if there's a non-working spouse, some of the tricks that are out there and do some projections. Um, because really putting it off till 70, as long as you think you're going to live into your mid 80s or beyond, it's a, it's a typically a pretty good decision unless you don't have any other assets to live off of. Um, other decision points are just knowing what the healthcare costs are. People that retire early get shocked that, okay, I've got some pretty high medical expenses until I'm 65 and Medicare kicks in. And then even once I get Medicare, I need Medicare Part B, supplemental insurance, prescription drugs, dental insurance, all of those different items. Um, and sometimes it's better just to do a slower transition into retirement. 
and to talk to your employer about that because you know it's it's tough you don't a lot of places don't want to lose their highly skilled workers and and so potentially transitioning more into retirement doing a few more sabbaticals um figuring out what you want retirement to be like so you can truly calculate the costs because a lot of people work you know, 40, 60 hours a week until they're 65 years old and they don't have any idea what they're going to do with their life and they're not that happy. So you got to kind of have that life plan. And then really important, once you, you can calculate, okay, I've got a lump sum of money plus some social security and rental income, whatever, maybe it seems like enough, but then planning your withdrawals, figuring out which accounts you're going to draw from first or a combination of the accounts between your taxable accounts, your cash, your retirement accounts is very important because the tax brackets are very different between ordinary income and capital gains. And your ordinary income can affect how much you pay when you sell your stocks and mutual funds and your taxable accounts. So you really have to blend the two together or sometimes alternate your income so you can keep your taxes really, really low in retirement. And with fixed income or bonds paying very little and your cash accounts at the bank, you know, if you're lucky, you go to Capital One 360 or Ally and you get, you know, one, 1.2% on your cash, that's not much. So saving anywhere you can in terms of fees, in terms of taxes, is really important these days in retirement. Let's let's think of an area where people are typically miss thoughts. And I, I, I said it earlier in the show today. Like if you make you know hundred thousand dollars to the year, you know for forty years you're now four million dollars, but your your taxes are going to take away from from the state level and from the federal level. Let's talk tax brackets. Can you really juggle a tax bracket, Chad? Oh, absolutely. Um, cases. So there's a certain amount of tax you're going to pay no matter what if you have taxable accounts. And that's an account in your name joint with your spouse or living trust. And those dividends and interest that you're earning on that might come and hit your tax bracket no matter what you do. But you have dividends from qualifying U.S. stocks are taxed at the capital gains bracket. And what people don't realize is that there's a lot of room where a married couple finally jointly, if all the income that they have is dividends or capital gains, between the standard deduction plus where the bracket kicks in, there's a ton of money, Rob, that people can take and pay a 0% capital gain bracket. Um, so sometimes we'll alternate between one year of capital gains and another year of drawing from an IRA or combine the two together. So it's, it's, it's kind of easy if you have a mix of accounts between a Roth, a taxable account, IRAs, 401ks. If you have a mix, you can, you know, have be spending six figures a year, but be paying at a 12% or less effective federal margin. Now you're talking taxes. So you may be talking about working with your CPA. That brings up another issue that retirees need to protect is I've got a neighbor who got duped by a quote unquote CPA. I questioned the person was even a CPA. They were doing their taxes. They ask for money and they did this numerous times as a illegal CPA, and they got duped. Um, this guy duped a lot of people in retirement. It's not it's not an uncommon story, is it, Bernie Madoff? I mean, Chad Burton. <laughs> no, it's a joke. If, Chad is not Bernie a, Madoff. If you have a CPA, and then they're like, "Well, if you invest in this, you know, oil partnership or yeah. some partnership or whatever, you can actually reduce your taxes." A lot of times, those aren't registered products, or they're they're commission oriented products. And I mean, it's with, with the idea that it's hard as a CPA to make a really, really good living by doing individual tax returns. Cause most have kind of gone towards more of the, you know, corporate and business returns. Um, 
that's not a good combination. And anytime somebody's offering you financial products that have a commission tied towards it, you know, you've, you've just flipped it where it's, they're acting in their best interest instead of yours. So in order to not get duped, work with a fee only certified financial planner practitioner that will put in writing that they are a fiduciary, which means they have to put your interest first because a lot of financial decisions, there's not just one right answer. Sometimes it's, you know, here's two or three options. This is what I would suggest if I was you, but what feels right for you? And like, for example, one of the options by investing money, if, if they're not presenting these days, paying down a mortgage or paying off a mortgage versus investing in California tax-free bonds, they might not be acting in your best interest. Can I sum that one up if I think I'm right? By paying off a mortgage, you may be saving 3 to 4% in it, just but the muni was saving you some money and not paying state income. And then you have to judge like which one has more power than the other one. Is that what you're saying kind of there? Yeah, there's certain people that now with the standard deduction so much higher, they're not even deducting their mortgage anymore. So the interest rate on their mortgage is truly, you know, say three and a half percent. And so you're looking at that versus two and a half percent, say on an intermediate term California tax free bond fund. So it's kind of like a one percent cost. Now, there's other issues with that, too. As soon as you sock money into the, you know, give it to the bank, you're kind of socking it into the walls of the house and you're giving up liquidity. So there's other issues that you have to think about. But as soon as your debt is gone, you have less cash outflow, so you need less lump sum of money. So it it's really depends on what's your current asset allocation between stocks and bonds. Do you have extra cash that you're trying to put into investments? And if your allocation, your risk tolerance is calling for a lot more bonds or fixed income, that's when we start looking at, well, maybe it is a good idea to potentially pay off or pay down the mortgage. You sometimes... We'll get people that are 15 years from retirement. They can pay a little bit down on their mortgage, refinance to a 15-year mortgage at a much lower rate and make sure it's paid off by the time they go into retirement. That feels pretty good. CFP Chad Burton, big webinar coming up next week. People can learn more about it at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Financial money investing and more. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. You can also find me at robblackshow.com. I'd love to chit chat with you if it's possible and if it makes sense. Um, I'm going on CFP Chad Burton. He's an expert at financial planning. In the near future, in hopefully by the end of the year, I'm going to be bringing on some different types of experts to talk about some different types of financial planning. I'm trying to put together a deal with COVID. It's a little bit more complex um, of people that would really benefit you with a different voice than mine. I can do everything that Chad talks about 
I just do it in a much more comfortable way. And I like the way a CFP can explain things in a more technical way. I show you that in large part because it is a little bit more technical than doing it yourself. If you have the access to financial professionals, they're worth it, in my opinion. But Chad and I just talked about, you know, a CPA that my neighbor got involved with that said, hey, you know, you're paying a lot in taxes. And by the way, I can unscrupulously recommend a tax-free shelter for you. Or maybe they're not even being unscrupulous. Maybe they're just being naive and they didn't know, like, the complexities of the product that they're trying to push onto you because someone tried to push it onto them. So there's – I find getting older a little bit more stressful. And I'll tell you one of the bigger reasons why. And I learned this from my mother. I don't know why I remember this. She goes, my eyes don't work as well as they used to. I must have been like four or five when she said that because that really stuck with me. That's the inherent problem of getting older is that you need to read contracts and you need to know the details of the signs that you're seeing while you're driving, of the details of the deals you're committing to, the commissions, the costs, the rules on how to take it out. So, like, I'm not a big fan of annuities because they're really complicated, complex products that most people don't know what they sign and what they're getting into. And for the record, most of the salespeople, insurance people who are selling them, don't know what they're putting in front of you. And they truly believe they're giving you a, a, a God-sent product. Like, this is so good. Fees are high. The commissions are high. The cost to manage it are thus high. Um... And the world changed. Annuities might have been great when there was no other options in the late 60s. But then we we let insurance industries politically lobby to, to put in um, riders and to put in exceptions and to, to change the rules of annuities to, to get them bigger and bigger kickbacks. And I, I do believe it was lobbying money. I, I In my heart, I truly think Congress wants to help people, but they're just too stupid to do it. And once dollar signs get put in front of them, they're like, well, that sounds like a good idea. And he went to Washington to help people, but he gets there and he finds that he's in over his head and um, a lot of people want your attention. Anyway, that's my political commentary of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Um Thank you. Thank you. I am Rob Black. I am the one, the only Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's Friday, and you're going into the weekend, and in my head of heads, I go, I wonder what's going to happen in the news cycle. So the markets kind of had one of those interesting opens where a little bit unchanged, a little bit green, a little bit red, then it went red, and now it's going green. So maybe we're thinking over the weekend we'll hear more success stories of economies opening up. We do seem to be shifting from week to week that sometimes we're happy. Hey, it looks like we're opening up. And then like in Disney World, if they open up this weekend and there's so many restrictions and the news catches uh, a kid crying because he has to wear a mask and someone else has a, a Minnie Mouse mask and she's really upset that she doesn't have a Minnie Mouse mask and if we start seeing images that are negative to the non-lovely world of Disney childhood dream experience, then we go, well, maybe Disney's lost their mojo on Monday. Or maybe we'll say, oh, I don't think anyone else is going to get on an airplane and go to Disney World. Or maybe we'll say, look at that. They're having so much fun. They're crying over Disney Minnie Mouse masks. So the interpretation, we don't know what it's going to be like on Monday, but we'll probably see some of those images. 
And then if in two weeks from now we, we see that little girl who we saw on TV melt down because she didn't have a Minnie Mouse mask, if we see that she dies of COVID, we're like, I'm never going to Disney World. It's a big COVID factory. It's a conspiracy. They're making COVID. For the record, Disney's not making COVID. There's no conspiracy. But if a kid dies after the reopening two weeks later, someone in the news is going to say that other than me. <laughs> and I don't consider myself the, the popular news. I consider myself the financial news. But you get the idea. Um, so how did the reopenings go? I saw yesterday, and I don't. I just. I don't know how I reconcile this. And this is one of the problems that we have right now. Is uh, some of the stuff we're talking about. First and foremost, the cost of money is so cheap. Whether you're trying to get income out of it, it's too cheap. You can't get income out of it. The bond market's broken. The treasuries are broken. There's something that's just not right. You can't say I'm totally good with one percent for the next ten years. You can't say that. And because of that, you're like, well, I bet some people are going to borrow some money at that one percent for the next ten years and invest it. And there you go. That's why the markets are. It has nothing to do, in my opinion, with COVID or no COVID. It's we were running a bull market. It was doing great. We were managing it with low rates every time. And then we'd see, you know, the, the inflation pick up and we'd raise rates a little bit and then we'd lower them back down. And then COVID hits and we're like, screw it. We're going to go low longer. It's almost as if the Federal Reserve had a, a binge day drinking on Friday. For the record, they didn't do binge day drinking on a Friday. They didn't start at 8 a.m. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. You know, AAs for quitters. I get it. I get it, Federal Reserve. I get it. I get it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. But they said they're going to keep interest rates low for longer. Rock, scissors, paper. I will take low interest rates at almost nothing for another 18 months than, say, a $1 trillion infrastructure bill. I'm not going to turn down that $1 trillion infrastructure bill if I'm a cheerleader for the stock market, but I'll take the low interest rates. I'm not telling you you have nothing to fear, but fear yourself. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 